Hello Formula One fans and welcome back to F1 in focus. We are the only Formula One podcast that brings you one show a week where a Dutchie and an Englishman and Lewis Hamilton and a Max Verstappen fan can very much get along in the wonderful world of Formula One. This week we'll talk about a Carlos Sainz masterclass. We'll talk about DRS trains. We'll talk about Oscar Piastri resigning or getting a multi-year extension with McLaren. And of course, we talk everything to do up for Singapore Grand Prix and our little predictions about the Japanese Grand Prix. My name is John, and I wouldn't be able to do this show without the man with the best hair in the business, the man, the myth, the legend himself. It's none other than James Hazel. I don't think there's any myths around me as far as I'm aware, but... <laughs> there definitely Hello, is, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite all right, mate. Good, good. Yeah, you? Yeah, I'm doing all right, thanks, yeah. That's good, that's good. 7 a.m. this or 6 a.m. UK, I think, this weekend. You ready for that? Uh, no. It is, we're getting to the part of the season that I hate, just because <laughs> of all the early starts. <laughs> well, just think if you were Japanese. Well, yeah, to be, to be fair, yeah, to be fair, in Europe, we've got it very, very good. Um, yeah. Respect all to all the American and through. Aussie fans, yeah. I think when when the US races start, they are in are very late for us. So, yes, yeah. So I'd say that mine does. Uh, well, you're. I wanted to say you're a little bit younger than I'm, but I mean, you're actually not. So never mind that. No, one. No. <laughs> <laughs> James, so much to discuss. So many mixed opinions about Singapore Grand Prix. Yeah. We can say one thing: the Max Verstappen era has ended. Yeah, that's it. He's he's Wrap washed it up. Yep. Washed up. That's Done. it. We've seen the prime. It's over. Uh, the Carlos Science era of Formula One has begun. Yeah. What did I predict <laughs> last week, though? Uh, I think you predicted Norris to win. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, I yeah, was close. To, to be fair, he came very close and he had a fantastic race. Yeah, definitely. So, how do you want to do this? His statements, he'll throw in unpopular statements like I just did with Max Stop I watched? Or. <laughs> if you want yeah go for it <laughs> uh, uh, let's talk about Red Bulls first though they had the worst weekend ever they finished fifth and I don't even know how far behind Perez hit this time not in the points I think even uh, was, was he spent as well I thought he might have snuck into the points he? no you're right he didn't no, he got a penalty on. as well for I don't know trying a very optimistic move <laughs> yeah no, he did finish in the points he finished eighth that's right oh he finished eighth okay that's all yeah. right. well um but seriously, though, I think the biggest question is, did the directives nerf Red Bull or is there something else going on? I've got a definite opinion about this, but what do you think? Christian Horner and Adrian Newey say no, which even if even if the directive did affect them, they would say that. Um, I do actually believe them on this. I don't think that the directive has ruined Red Bull at all. And I think in Suzuka, and I'll, you know, raise my hands and say I got it wrong if it doesn't pan out this way, but I I think they'll be back to normal in Suzuka. And the reason I think this is because Singapore has, like, always been a bogey track for the faster cars. Uh, Look at that... um, Towards like the beginning, of, yeah. Towards the beginning of the Mercedes domination era, however you want to word it, they always struggled at Singapore. 
Um, I think it's just the nature of the track. So who knows? It, it, it could actually be a combination of both, and we'll find out this weekend um, at Suzuka. But personally, I I don't I don't think that's the case. I I, I think Red Bull are going to bounce back and win it in Suzuka. Can you explain the nature of the track? Why you think it isn't the directors coming into effect, but why it could be the car having troubles there? Or shall I get go with it, that one? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know for certain, but to me, I, 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 I'd imagine the problem is that it's basically Monaco, but faster and longer. Like you've got tight and twisty bits, which is okay, but then you have got some faster corners and you have got some faster straights that Monaco just doesn't have. Um, and then the bumpy nature of the circuit means that you just can't run the car as low as you might want to for those sorts of speeds that you'd get up to. So for Red Bull, certainly a car that they, they can run the car very low, but uh, seems to be something to do with their suspension at the very least. They, when they can't run it that low for this, you know, for the how low they would ordinarily want to run it for the speeds they're going to be going at, um, that massively affects their downforce because of the ground effects setup of the cars for this current generation of cars, so, and that relies on being the car being low, but not really touching the ground, um, and the pressure of the air underneath the car effectively sucking it sucking it down onto the track for the grip so uh yeah no i think uh that's exactly what i had in mind i think there are a red bull is a car that should be driven as low as possible to make the yep. most out of it um there is a new measurement in place to measure the uh wear on the planks right yeah uh, and well, the thing that tipped me off was Valtteri Bottas saying we actually have to put the car a little bit higher because we wouldn't be legal at the end of the race anymore. And I think that's exactly what Red Bull has. Like It's too bumpy to put the car low, and this car doesn't perform well when it's put on higher. So the higher downforce tracks they don't do well at. We figured that out a while ago. And this situation is actually way worse because they actually have to drive it higher than they normally would be doing as well. Yeah, this is probably why Red Bull don't, well, other than Singapore, as we've now found out, don't really have a downside to the car because it, it, it this just seems to highlight that the amount of grip and downforce they're generating through the ground effect of the floor and everything around that, because it's not just the floor, it's the entire package, isn't it, and how... Uh, might be sent over the wing or around the sides of the wheels and how that kind of gets under the car and affects the the, the ground effect of the car. Um, this just kind of highlights that their ground effect must be very, very powerful, and that's why they can perform well at pretty much any circuit. Like, they have immense grip all the time, apart from in Singapore when Max looked like he was driving on an ice rink most of the time. Um but they have, you know, they have grip, but they have good tire management. They have great corner speed. They have great top speed. Like there's not really a weakness to this car other than when they have to jack it up because of the bumpy nature of a circuit. 
such as Singapore, but really Singapore's a bit of a anomaly on the calendar. There's not really any other circuit quite like that. So, but Red, I think Red Bull have been saying for a little while that, or at least downplaying expectations around Singapore, saying that they thought that it was going to be a difficult circuit for them. So, yeah, really, we we kind of got what they predicted, and probably what we well, maybe not what we were predicting because. You know, looking at it from the outside, Red Bull don't seem to have a weakness, but now we know they do. Exactly. Luckily, that weakness isn't weakness isn't there all the time. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and I think it's uh, the the thing that also was like I'm pretty sure this is an outlier is the response from Max, like being a little bit disappointed about qualifying, but afterwards saying, "Ah, eh, he just missed the spot. It's what it is." Which, yeah. Not being necessarily tilted or something just more of an acceptance period i think the only thing he said was frustrating that they changed it they they lowered the low the the height a little bit before the qualifying and actually went downhill from there um mm. which was a miss gamble i think and this is the next thing we we'll don't talk about that if max would get a penalty and he would start 14th or 15th they would just break park for me and start in the pits with a new setup to try different things this weekend probably maybe just throw some new parts on it while they can because at that point you can already accept that i mean starting from 11th there is potential of a podium yeah 15th yeah no maybe that's a bit a bit more difficult because overtaking we know is very difficult on that circuit as it is but also we know that there is a very high chance of a safety car um they also kind of look at roughly where safety cars are generally generated, like specific points on the circuit, things like that. And that can play an effect on whether it is, you know, how long a safety car might last or whether it becomes a red flag. And like they, they look at all these things and factor it into like potential race strategies and stuff. And it, But starting from 11th, if you get lucky with, lucky with the safety car, which... They very much didn't at this race. Also, Max, didn't. Max, Next Max could have been straight in with a a shot at a podium and even a win, even when his car is completely... He pitted one lap before the second safe, virtual safety car. Before yeah. his virtual safety car came out, he just yeah. pitted. So. I mean, it it didn't cost him too much, I don't think. that. I, th- I think the real problem is that the first safety car, obviously that was way too early for the Red Bulls, starting on the hard tyres. And it was even early for some of the other cars on the medium tyres. Yeah. But it was good enough that it made their mediums onto hards or soft onto hards as it was for Leclerc. It made that strategy work for them. Um, And, yeah, they had to do a bit of tyre management to make sure that those hard tyres got to the end of the race. Which better to do that than have to stop without a safety car at all? So, yeah, I'm I, I'm in agreement with you. I think Japan also like it showed with Max Stoppers response on this. I think we'll be we'll just be winning again twenty seconds ahead if nothing strange happens. Honestly, yeah, I think so. If anything, it shows that this directive hurts doesn't hurt Red Bull. <laughs> it just hurts when they can't take the most advantage of it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure who it's affected, to be honest. Maybe 
I don't think you can say in this circuit though, because it's such yeah, I suppose an outlier anyways. Yeah, I suppose it's hard to judge because it is an outlier, like you said. So yeah, we'll, I think we'll get a better picture of Japan. It's Monaco, but I wouldn't say worse. It's Monaco with a little bit more speed. Yeah. 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 It's it is what it is. It's not my favorite track. Um it I do think the change made it a little bit better if I'm honest. Uh, I liked that change. Uh, yeah. But we didn't, did we get a DRS zone in that? No, history? we got three DRS zones and didn't add a four DRS zone. Yeah, because I think so. I think the drivers wanted one, didn't they? Yeah. And then I don't know if we actually know yet, but at least some teams kind of vetoed that and said we don't want a DRS zone. No, so. and I can understand why, because if you don't have that much DRS there, you could do a... Oh, Carlos Sainz, and you can basically just hold up everyone, everyone. Yeah, yeah. with another DRS zone there. You might be in trouble, anyways, right? So yes, yeah, because that's uh, very close to the start finish, which has got DRS zone as well. And then another one, exactly. That's not far from the long straight. That's another one. So yeah, I think that's why. Anyways, I think the the change was good, but here it is. I saw people saying this was the best race they've seen in years, or indeed the best race this was this season. James, controversial opinion. From my side, and I'll try to defend it in a bit. This wasn't actually a very good race. It was a pretty boring race with a strategic, exciting end. Uh, I'm going to disagree. <laughs> I know. Because I thought it was a great race. Because I've, we got what I've been asking for for a long time, which is a fight at the front. And we might not necessarily had any specific overtake moves or maneuvers, but we had... The foot, the front, four or five ca- five cars at one point, very very close together. Um, pit stops kind of screwed Leclerc over, despite him trying to generate a gap, which he didn't seem to get called up on, which uh, I thought he would have done during the safety car. He seemed to lose a bit of time on science. Yeah, he finished three tenths before Mox something. Yeah. Well, to be fair to him, he had um, he had an engine problem again, didn't he? Yeah. So he had to go into massive engine management mode and a an actual mode on the engine that was producing way less power, and so his lap times were quite drastically down. But um, yeah, he he kind of created a cap a gap to Carlos. But then that screwed him anyway, so maybe that's why they didn't bother investigating it because he screwed himself because he then got caught up not being able to release because of the traffic yeah. through the pits in the pit stop phase. So, um, yeah, already had his five seconds penalty built into his own stop. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, But the race itself, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked the strategy side of it. I felt like it was very kind of edge of your seat stuff. There was clearly a lot of ple- a lot of pressure on Carlos through the majority of the race. Not necessarily when Leclerc's been told to kind of maintain or build up a gap behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, that it it just the race felt tense and it. It had that kind of adrenaline that I mentioned in a previous episode where I said, like, that's what I want. That's what I want out of a race. And I want, you know, going into the last six or seven laps, it looked like any one of the top four could have, could have won it. 
you know, Russell could have made an overtake that might have gone maybe not wrong enough for a crash, but he could have ended up with a situation where Hamilton gets through or Hamilton makes a move on, I don't think he would have done, but maybe makes a move on Russell and then them two kind of back off and then that relieves a bit Tell of pressure George's on. speed up though. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that could have relieved a bit of pressure off Norris who, could, who then mm-hmm. could have made an attack on Carlos. So it was like, it felt, it felt like there was a lot of different things that could have happened and, okay, maybe none of them happened apart from who would have predicted that Russell would have just binned it on the last third of the last lap. But even that, it was drama. And it, it was it was just, a, I, I, I thought, I, I, I would agree that it was the best race of the season so far because it was a tightly fought battle at the front for the majority of the race. And yes, there was periods of like, time management mode and driving very strategically from Carlos where he was going fast where he needed to, but then he was going very slow where he needed to. And part of that was to screw over Verstappen and keep the Red Bulls out of the fight. Um, You'll talk about science and strategic also, though, but yeah. let me try to show you yeah, my you, point. You, you, you make your point now. I've made mine. <laughs> right. And I get where you're coming from, mate. I think, for example... Let me start with that. Sandford was the best race of the season. Unpredictability changes everywhere. Most overtakes we've ever seen before. It had everything. Crash, spins, everything. Uh, and Mox didn't win there with two fingers in his nose, right? He just had to work for it. Uh, so I think Sandford is my 10, my, my straight A's race this year so far. This year, this race had a couple of things. It had DRS trains, a lot of DRS trains. Did I mention they had DRS trains? They had DRS trains all over. <laughs> the first 20 laps, 25 laps, almost until the first until the safety car hit, everyone was just managing, not trying to overtake, except from Maxim Checo from the, um, from the back, where Checo didn't even manage to get an overtake in. Yeah, everyone else, between number them. one and number 20, there were three tenths a lap difference. So that means everyone, everyone was managing. Anyone was in a DRS train. Alonso was just sitting back like, okay, I'm here. Take my time. Tires have to last. We can't do more than one stop. We're just going to sit this one out until something happens. Safety car comes. Yes, now something happens. First thing I was, it startled me awake. I was like, okay, now might, might something happen, right? Then the race got in overdrive a little bit. It's something, a couple of things happened. Um, but still, the arrest train, the arrest train into the arrest train. If Max wasn't like, if there were a, a car in front that didn't eat tires like the Ferrari does, it would be a simple victory with twenty seconds ahead, free pit stops and all. The only reason it made it exciting in the end, uh, and we have to applaud Sainz for that, was Sainz is eating away his tires. He knows he can't take out the two Mercedeses who did a perfect strategy call going into mediums and fresh ones. And they were all stuck in the DRS train. So if Carlos don't give, doesn't give uh, Norris a DRS, there's no way Carlos can actually win this race or Norris can finish second. Yeah. So that's a perfect decision from science. But yep. the fact that you can't overtake on this track, the fact that it was sort of fixed by a DRS train, and everyone was just managing the tires whole race. 
made it a pretty boring race until 10 in, 10 laps in the end and the safety car came, virtual safety car came, and we had that sort of fight. But it wasn't actually a fight because if you're number one like science and you can say, okay, I'm loving number two, come closer to me because I can't t- overtake anyways. I got, like, it's not going to happen. Then it's a fake fight for P1. Which it maybe was, but he's looking at the bigger picture as well. He's thinking if Norris has got DRS, no, it's, can't, it's a smart move. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Russell it's... can't get past him. And if Russell get, does get past him, he's going to get straight past Carlos Sainz because yeah. Carlos Sainz doesn't have DRS. Exactly. And Russell and Hamilton are on the softer tyres, which to be fair, they were clearly, I think the re- part of the reason they couldn't get past Norris as well was that the, their tyres were already starting to go off by the time they got to the back yeah. of that fight. Um, although they wouldn't have maybe got to the back of that fight with any other tyres. So it was like kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place with that decision. I mean, it was that I think it was. If you want to win the race, it was the only decision you could make. So that's exactly because otherwise you're just settling in for the positions that you're in. And that's, that's and we get another DRS train to the finish. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, there's a couple of points I wanted to pick up on there because you talked about. Ferrari, because they know they're going to chew up their tires, that's why they're driving so slowly. Definitely at the start, right? It's to on. an extent. I don't think that was entirely the reason for it. Entirely. Ah, good one. Tired. <laughs> I th- a big part of it, and I mean, they even kind of talked about it on the radio after the safety car. They wanted to keep the pack bunched together because that, especially after the safety car, because that screwed Red Bull and they were probably... It's kind of classic and slightly stupid Ferrari, but they're looking yeah. too far outfield for like what who they're racing against because they're they're probably not racing against the Red Bulls in you know like seventy five or eighty or ninety percent of the situations that could have occurred during that race. Um, they should fight Mercedes. They should only watch Mercedes. Yeah, but they, I mean they they had they had Mercedes kind of kept under wraps to an extent anyway. But they were keeping the pack backed up because then when, you know, we've, the pack spread out a little bit, not a lot, and then we get a safety car and everyone pits apart from the Red Bulls. Everyone's out on fresh tyres, the Red and Bulls the are not. And the houses. And the Red Bulls are closer to the front of the pack. But they're on old hard tyres and everyone's on brand new hard tyres. So they're kind of easy pickings for a lot of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ferrari's tactic there is if you keep the pack close together, whenever they pit, even if potentially if it's a safety car pit stop, they'll go into the back of the pack. If we let the pack spread out, they might be able to uh, you know, pit and only lose, say, yeah, half a dozen positions rather than an entire dozen positions. So Mercedes, uh, Mercedes, sorry, Ferrari... Yeah, they probably did need to look after their tyres, but they they were 100% looking at Red Bull as well and just trying to make sure that there was no no way that Red Bull could just somehow get themselves back in the race. Um, and I, th- I thought that was quite smart racing from, from Ferrari in general to some yeah. extent. I mean, maybe they shouldn't have been looking that far away, but then in, at the end of the race, they still won. It didn't really matter, did it, that they were looking at that and that they were, weren't thinking of just running away with it. And uh, Martin Brundle 
mentioned this on Sky Sports and he said, uh, I think it's an, a, a quote from Alan Prost, and that is that ideally you win a fa- you win the race by going as slowly as possible. Um, and that, that's what Ferrari did. And I thought that was, I thought that was actually engaging personally, um, because it it did feel like that that first section of the race where there wasn't a lot happening other than maybe Max trying to get past some drivers and getting past some drivers, and apparently being told to to cool it because yeah. you, you need to think about the length of the stint, and he's just like you know he's just not caring and race based on Sunday was pretty good though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, the pack, maybe not a lot was happening, but it, there was an element of suspense. They did feel like at any moment the pin was going to get pulled and everything was going to erupt. Um, so even that stage of the race, I enjoyed it. I, the main reason I enjoyed it is just because all the cars were close together and it felt like, you know, one person could have made a mistake and they'd lose like four or five places. True. I mean, like, I'm I mean, I, that's, out of the- this shows <laughs> that the regulations does work, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's it. That's what I told you a couple of weeks ago. If it wasn't for Mox taking away the wins, this is a really close field all the way anyways. But it's more exciting when it's happening for the wins. <laughs> that's, that's the point. I that's that. And I, I have to agree there, but I don't think it's the best race. I think still think that was Sunford where we did, couldn't even follow all the updates one because of bad cardinal direction but two because yeah. there were just so many overtakes we just there's no way of actually keeping up with them all yeah and that felt more like a proper race to me well this felt like okay this is the outlier we do everything we can to like you said do everything as slow as gotta catch people out up to your restaurants you can't overtake anyways um i mean red bull was a little bit unlucky even because they would have made a chance if Max would stay out one lap later, honestly, because he wouldn't be dropping back to 16th, but maybe to 10th or 9th. Yeah, maybe, but... That's the only thing, but on the other yeah. side, he's still 50. He's never losing a second of sleep over it anyways, honestly. Well, no. And we got I mean, he, was, he was never going to maintain that that win record uh, after the first set of pit stops. Like I, I, at that point, I don't think really he had a chance of winning it. No, once he, the safety car hits, and like, oh, we're the only ones on hearts. Yeah, or we're one. So, uh, the, the rest of the field, not quite a free pit stop, but a, but a very. You needed to get another stop. safety car later. Yeah, and it was at the right team. time for those cars, near enough. It was maybe you know it was maybe like five laps early, um, but for the Red Bulls, it was twenty laps early. So, yeah. and they couldn't um, start on mediums because then we'll be on the same strategy as the rest, and you yeah. could never get an advantage of it. Exactly. So you've, it's you've just the way. It, yeah, exactly. It was just the way it goes. Yeah, and um, that all came about, you know. Because of qualifying, and that all came out about because the car just didn't perform on that circuit. So, second best one, race of the year. I for me, it's that. the best. I still think personally, it's the best. I I I found that race more exciting than any of the races so far, including Zandvoort. Because my my problem with Zandvoort was that a lot yeah. of the excitement just came about because. The weather put slower cars behind faster cars, and then they just made a quick deal out of getting past them. And it was like, yeah, there's loads of overtakes, but it was just, well, yeah, it's because it's, you know, well, not Leclerc, because Leclerc's car was garbage that race, but it's like, it's Sainz or it's Russell or it's Hamilton overtaking Bottas and the Alpines and stuff like that. Like, there's nothing, to me, there's nothing exciting about those overtakes because 
Those oh, I think it was very. It was so wet that everyone could make a mistake, and everyone. Well, there was a bit of that. Yeah, there was a bit of that. But then you get that same thrill at a track like Singapore, where there is no margin for error, and they are very close to the walls at pretty much every corner of the circuit. So, it's a different kind of saying. challenge, and it's a different kind of excitement. But it's it's there. Um. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, to me, still the best race of the season so far. Okay. Not well, the best we race agree to disagree, but I don't years. think it's a bad race, though. But I think it was overrated. But I get why you say it, and I get why people say it. But I yeah. just wanted to shine a little bit of a different light on that matter. As well. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, James, we can do it two ways. We can highlight a driver, two drivers which are on my list to highlight, or we can just take our scores from the last, our general list we make, and you give them a number up or down. Um, I don't think I've come in prepared for the second option. So let's just let's talk about the two drivers. I think. All right, all right. Uh, might be three drivers. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about Lance Stroll. Uh, yeah. Uh, we can be very short about it, but don't eh? Don't endorse it for he really washed. That was his own mistake. Well, first of all, glad he's mostly okay. Obviously, he missed the race. Yeah, because he'll not he... drive in Japan, most likely. Uh, I've seen a contradicting statement on that now. Somebody, okay. it, it had been reported that he wouldn't be racing, but then I saw something about Aston Martin saying to somebody that he would be racing. So I, I don't know if that's an official statement or if that was a team member talking to a member of press and then reporting on it. I don't know. But I've seen that he will be racing. All right. Okay, so that's good, though. That is good. I mean, the fact that he got like, that car unassisted, like uh, they, Austin Martin, I'm just checking. First press statement, he will be back. Okay. Yeah. Good. Sorry. I mean that that was a massive impact. I mean the the tether on the front wheel didn't even survive the that impact. Like that. And that's that's quite a rare thing to see at the moment. Um Well we can be honest there, it's too much, eh? Too often. Yeah. Glad he's all right though, but it's not the first yeah, time. I'm glad he's okay, it. but he he. Well, I say, but like there, <laughs> there shouldn't really be a but to that. You know? uh, I'm glad he is okay. That's it. Okay, agree. You could know that most unlucky <laughs> man on the grid. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> Yuki. Yeah, what that, what happened there? That was that was a bit of a running with Perez, wasn't it? Uh, didn't he drop out in lap uh, zero? Lap, yeah, lap, yeah, yeah. It was the opening lap again. But, it was a collision, I believe, with Perez. Perez went down the inside of him, and oh. I think, I think it was, it was, it was a racing incident. I didn't. I don't even think it got investigated. Although, Alpha Tower is probably not going to protest it. I think. So. Talk about but, that in a moment. <laughs> yeah, but I think Yuki didn't quite see that Perez was there, or didn't expect Perez to make a move. Perez made a brave move. It was move. optimistic. Move. It was optimistic, but it's lap one. Sometimes the cars are bunched up. And there, there can be quite a speed difference, and you can, you know, cars can slip slip down the inside into a gap that otherwise wouldn't be there. So Yuki probably should have just left a bit more space. Personally, I think. But then um, to to drop out DNFs in two races now. So. Yeah. Did you see the state the picture of the side of his car? I did not know. There was basically no flaw <laughs> on the entire right hand side of his car. It was shredded. Like how. How did Perez not, at the very least, get a puncture? 
never mind a damaged yeah. front end plate or any of the other like bits and pieces on the on the side of his car. It was it it looked like Yuki's car had been in a proper wreck. Nuts. And there's so many drivers I want to talk about, but Yep, next. Let's go with George Russell just messing up, period. And I think yeah. he said he knows it. <laughs> Actually, I think he was tears in his eyes. Yeah, well, I mean, he looked And I'm not sure like... if I want to feel sorry, or I'm like, you're not actually... You should... I don't want... I don't know if I have to feel sorry now at this stage for George, or I'm like, you might not be have be good enough or consistent enough, but what do you think? I, 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 I do feel a bit sorry for him, just because he was having... A very very good weekend up until that point. Definitely, and it all just fell apart. Like after ninety nine percent of the race was complete, but a race. You see a little grin actually when you said, yeah. "You feel sorry, but you're also like, it, what trauma is cool." Oh. Well, a race, <laughs> a race requires you to to finish, and you know yeah. you've got to perform for a hundred percent of the race. And he he slipped up. Norris uh, said in the end on he the uh, well. post post race interview. Yeah, that he'd clipped that wall very slightly. Uh, later on, I think he'd said that his steering was potentially affected a little bit by it, and he he did notice a problem with his steering slightly. Um, but he thought that maybe Russell had just kind of followed his line and just ended up clipping it harder. Russell <laughs> has said since then that he it's not Norris's fault. It wasn't him following Norris's line. He just messed up basically, and it's all on it's all on himself. Um. Yeah, I, I, I do feel sorry for him. I do think he had a very, very good weekend. But Better than Lewis actually had. He would, yeah. I, other, other than some of the he had a great qualification. Yeah, he had a very good, he had a very good quality. Um, yeah, it, it, overall, the weekend was better. Whether that final stint, Russell, was Faster than Hamilton, I'm not so sure. Hamilton was gaining on Russell as yeah. Russell was gaining on the cars ahead. I think Hamilton really came alive when he, he got that fresh set of soft, uh, medium tyres on. But could Hamilton have got past Norris? I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't think you can. If one in front of you has a DRS and your cars are pretty similar, there's just yeah. no way of overtaking. Yeah. Max could yeah. almost past Magnussen. And he had oh, yeah. three attempts for that. So, yeah. uh, there, well, there was a t there was a tire difference there. Oh, what was there? What tire was Magnussen on? Was he on the mediums? Magnussen was, was on mediums. Well, Max was on the hearts even. So. Yeah, exactly. So that you but know that that kind of offsets true. yeah the car advantage a little bit, but but, but, but still, it's a Haas versus Red Bull. Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, let's say we feel on, we will say George is unlucky. Let's give him the. Um, Man of the match. Ah, no, that's Saints, honestly. But Liam Lawson. Yeah, that was just amazing. Two points, ninth position, Two points, qualifying intent. He's he's got more than fifty percent of the points for Alpha Tauri now, hasn't he? Or something. Three races, <laughs> I don't know quite. It's it's three points. Survived Sandford Garnage. Yep. Without practice. Yeah. Did a wonderful Monza, but just just the car. Yeah, he got Singapore P9. I am yeah. totally impressed by this buddy. 
by this by this <laughs> this buddy by this guy um wouldn't give him anything if i'm honest before we started but I no you i mean i wouldn't say you were down on him but you weren't particularly hyped or have high expectations for him before the uh before he appeared i'd 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 that's probably the same. I didn't really think one thing or the other. I have any expectations about him coming into Formula One. No, but, exactly. Like I was like, probably decent driver. I don't know really. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, the rumor now is that uh, Riccardi, Denny, and Yuki will just get a contract extension uh, at Alfa Tauri. Yeah. So uh, nothing will actually change in the lineup, but he does that. If we say Nick DeVries deserves a seat after one good drive in Monza and three different teams want him, mm-hmm. Liam, after three races, two points scored, three accident races, should get a seat next year at 18. He should do, yeah. And I 19. mean, I wonder, I wonder if they would lease him off to Williams in replacement. That's what I'm hoping for. Sergeant, a bit like how Albon ended up there. I That's really what I'm hoping that. for. Yeah, he 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 needs a seat. I mean, he's already effectively sat out a year uh, a year last year, didn't he? Yeah. So, uh, I th- he's proven over three races that he's capable. Definitely. So yeah, Not hopefully, the hopefully, hopefully he gets a seat. Problem with Formula One is that there are only so many seats and there are a lot True, of But there are a couple of guys that just shouldn't be there. Well, there are, yeah. And yeah. I think that's what really annoys me. I think Stroll showed it this weekend again. Yeah. Um, I definitely think Sargent, well, he's, yeah, Sargent. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Magnussen and Hulkenberg. Uh, Hulkenberg shows he's much better than Magnussen. Both got a contract extension. I know what Haas is driving for, if I'm honest. It's like just... You're there, but hmm, yeah. what do you do? Uh, and I find it a shame if I look at the GP Formula Two talents and look at guys like Lawson, uh, Drugovic, and like <clears throat> why? But hey, enough of that frustration. Uh, compliments to Liam Lawson. Uh, I think we should give compliments to Lewis. Uh, we should not underestimate uh, Leclerc because tactical, really well driven, really good team performances. Norris, brilliant race. Knew he didn't couldn't. Take one really played team with uh, Carlos, and I think Carlos Sainz ten plus, brilliant, brilliant weekend, brilliant drive. I told you he's coming in shape. He's, uh, he's got that raw talent. If he's in shape, yep. he can beat Leclerc. And this yep. is, I've, I've, yeah, and throw my hands up in the air to this one. I've said like, yeah, to me there is Max and Lewis at the top, Leclerc kind of by himself in like. 0.5 below them and 0.5 above everybody else and everybody else in that next section below him being Norris, Carlos Sainz, um, probably Russell, maybe not quite Russell so based on yeah. how this season's going. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I 100% agree. Carlos, Carl, if, if this race, I think I'm... Good overcapacity while driving as well. Though. Yeah. I think I said to you in at the end of the race, like this proves to me that Carlos is that step above where I thought he was. And come back he to Red is Bull. Carlos, come back to Red Bull. <laughs> Let's come back. 
I don't think he will now. I, I, well, no, I'm pretty sure he signed for Audi already. And he's now showing that everyone at Ferrari that, hey, you should have given me that contract. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a masterclass. Like the, the, there was this point on the radio, and I, uh, not on the radio, sorry, on the, on the TV coverage, when I felt like I was shouting at the commentators because they weren't understanding. It, it felt like they weren't understanding, or at least they weren't calling out what he was doing. And that was when he, it was immediately when he said, from now on, uh, gap to Norris every lap. Every lap, yeah. It's like, right, he's trying to pull Norris with him. And he Ferrari wants- didn't understand it either, by the way. No. <laughs> and it, but it was, it, it, it kind of, it kind of felt obvious at the time. And then when he was like, this, this, the, the commentary sort of started to understand and it was like, yeah, he's keeping Norris in DRS because Norris in DRS prevents the Mercedes that should be faster than them both from being able to make any meaningful progress. Um, and by the two of them effectively kind of sort of teaming up, I think Lando would have loved to have just pushed for the win on the final lap if he could have done, but he obviously couldn't. And, you know, there's this talk about like their like little bromance or whatever from when they were McLaren drivers. It's not like Carlos wanted Lando to finish second. Carlos just wanted to finish first. Uh, yeah. And Lando was just a means to that objective. It could have been and he Lando. Was fine it could have been he that's, that's it. Yeah. It could, it's it could either have been, B2 or I'll get Ford. Yeah. It could have been any driver other than probably a Red Bull because Red Bull's DRS might have been, been enough. enough. Yeah. <laughs> But any other any other driver, he would he wouldn't care who it was. He would have done the exact same thing because it was all about preventing Mercedes from making the most of their tire advantage and cutting through the pair of them. Because if they, if Mercedes had the opportunity to to attack both of them without DRS, Mercedes would have got one two in that race. One hundred percent. That was just a strategic masterclass from Carlos. Whilst under the amount of pressure he was under, that was just that's that's and why telling I, your team I enjoyed the race so much. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just it's zero phenomenal. point eight. Yep, I'm doing this on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then everyone's like, "Ah, wait yeah. a minute." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's oh, easy it's, for us uh, to sit as spectators and kind of call it or whatever and say, "Oh, yeah, yeah, we knew he was doing that," but he's doing that whilst potentially doing 160 mile an hour or whatever the top speed is down some of those straights, fighting through those corners and stuff. Being an inch of the wall. Yeah. He's got <laughs> immense concentration just to drive around that track at those speeds. And then he's looking at the bigger picture as well and what everyone else is doing. He's aware that the Mercedes are catching at a rate of knots. He's aware that, that uh, Lando's behind him in the McLaren. And he, he just knew what to do and he put that plan into action and it paid off for him. And I'm so glad that it did because I'm so happy that he won that race with that sort of thinking yeah. and that strategy. Definitely. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, few Bruins. I, uh, well, can't say and I've never said that I think Carlos has the potential to do stuff like this. There's a couple yeah. of drivers that has these overcapacity. Yep. Like we're, we're thinking a long well race or doing multiple things at the same time. Uh, Lewis definitely Max you can see him watching some of the things going on on track and commentating about that yeah. while being in a fight whatever yeah Alonso has that 
yeah, where you can see a lot of think about stuff and say, yeah. hey, maybe we should do this, this, or hey, what happened here? Or is he all right? Why well, actually someone crashed while he's still driving and you can see it on one of the yeah. screens going past. Uh, and I think uh, science is definitely one of those. I don't think yeah. Leclerc has that. I don't think, I don't know about Lor- Norris because he hasn't been in that position too often. I can't, I can't really see. Could no, be. the only time. But I, I don't really think Piastri has it. Maybe. Not really heard too much from Piastri on the radio, really. Because I, 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 what I was thinking was how Carlos has questioned and has made decisions strategy-wise mid-race. Yeah. And I always, I always think, and I think I've said it before during this podcast, that it, it is a bit of a double-edged sword because the driver doesn't necessarily see everything that the strategist is seeing and the team seeing, and you know, but they also <laughs> have a good idea of how well the tyres are performing and what their pace could be, either for the rest of the stint on those tyres or if they're on a new set of tyres. Um, now, to be fair, a lot of drivers would just say, like, you know, for example, these tyres are dead, I need some new tyres. And the engineer would say, well, we can't do that because that's going to cost us 30 seconds or whatever, and we can't afford 30 seconds. Because uh, some some drivers will complain about that. Lewis has done that before because he just wants to go yeah. fast. <laughs> but that's not how a race always goes because if, if the race was just about going fast there'd be no pit stops there'd be no refueling we'd just get sprint races mm-hmm. but that's not formula one formula one is about strategies tactics and having to make use of two different types of tires balancing your car for that whatever so so yeah i mean carlos going back to him he's made a lot of kind of shout outs over the radio before hasn't he so it's always kind of been there but i've never quite I, th- I think in the past when he's got it right, I've always caught, sort of thought, well, he's maybe been lucky because, like I say, it is a double-edged sword and you can get it wrong because you don't know what the engineers can see, but he definitely got it right in this race. Yeah, true. Very much. Uh, yeah, uh, just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't actually actually have too much left. No, I, thought, <laughs> I, I was just thinking, I think that covers the majority of the race, really. That, like, everything... That's happening in the front. Should we try and to do was, another... was, one one thing I do want to shout out actually? Don't shout though. Right. I'm not gonna shout it. Okay. Ocon's overtake on Alonso. Phenomenal. Phenomenal yeah. driving from Ocon. And I was gutted for him when his car then a few laps later packed in. Um yeah, that, that he he was having a very good race. Uh but yeah. That, that was the only other thing I think I wanted to mention. Yeah. And sorry, Alex, for Checo dumping you out of the race. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's not, not 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 great for Williams, that either, is it? No, that's a painful one for points as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Ah, so, yeah, I can... Uh, that one might have hurt. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about penalty systems, but I do want to mention one thing. Let's not do any predictions for Japan. But as a Max Verstappen fan, I have to say... That Mox deserves a penalty from qualifying. I think Mox thinks he should deserve a penalty. And the only reason why Mox doesn't say he deserves a penalty is because he once said um, back in the day, could be in Singapore as well, that he did something wrong and he got penalized uh, without actually being investigated 
but because he said they were investigated, so he'll shut up about it, which I think is fine. Um, the What happened is Al-Fatari didn't send a representative, which isn't that uncommon, if I'm quite honest. Apparently, but it shouldn't be based on the fact if there's no. a representative there, right? No. So apparently they didn't actually get notice to, to send anybody. Uh and then it sounded like it was a bit of a mishmash of how other teams had been notified, if at all. I think um was it Aston Martin maybe when they didn't get sent anyone. Yeah, well, it wasn't Aston Martin then. Who else was there? That was uh, Aston Martin. It... They had to send someone as well, but they they were actually yeah. Like, oh, well, really? Aston Martin didn't. So apparently this is why they sometimes don't turn up because they are told beforehand what the likelihood is of the outcome. Uh, and I think Aston Martin have basically been told it's not likely to end up being a penalty. So there's not going to be much to discuss. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. Whether that's it. I mean, that's me kind of shrinking mm-hmm. that down yeah. into a bite-sized chunk. That's probably not exactly what they said. I don't think they said to Aston Martin, it's not going to be a penalty, so don't send it on. But that's broadly how it goes. Um, but I think it, it must have been Williams then. Like they got notified by a WhatsApp message or something. There was definitely a team that was notified about turning up to the stewards room for something being investigated. And their notification was via a WhatsApp message to a member of the team or something like that's not professional, is it? Like email the team so that to an inbox that multiple people can pick up. Um, No, I think basic rules here is that, the steward just made a mess of this, period. I don't well, think it's, it's anything to do with benefit Red Bull or AlphaTauri not wanted to get into well, the other, Yeah. Well, I mean, the, th- the, the thing specifically in this case, and there have been other cases like it, but this one in particular, if we're talking about this case, it doesn't need a representative to turn up and exactly. say, Yuki lost his lap because, because it is clear as day that Yuki lost his lap because he was held up. He, he abandoned the lap. And then only got one more run in the rest of the Q2. And Mox was smart. Mox just said when they interviewed him, uh, you, do you think you get a penalty? And he says, well, it doesn't really matter if I do, if I start 11, 15, 18. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. He's not saying I didn't do anything, wasn't working. No, because he, he, knew, can't, he, knew he can't, can't get a penalty, penalty right? Yeah. Uh, he's just not saying that a lot because it screwed him before. And, yeah. then, and you can't blame him for not saying yes to that thing, right? No, uh, it's 100% on the stewards for not doing their job, basically. Yeah, and um, that's... The, the trick thing is, I was like, immediately, I've been advocating for this for a while, just put the same stewards back every week, right? Yeah. Um, but then I got a message I forgot to mention. If you're listening to the show, sorry, I, I forgot. But he, someone sent me a message like, yeah, but then you're like... Where back in the day, where you you stop and said this steward really hates Max Verstappen, he's always yeah. penalizing him, or this one really hates uh, or prefers Lewis, so he's always going for, like, yeah, you can't really do it as right anyways as a. Uh, no, I think you. I, th- I I think mixing it up is right, but I think that it needs to be mixed up by a specific pool of say, like let's 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 say that you have three stewards per race. And that way you've got an odd number. You haven't got too many people, so it can't become this big argument. You've just got three people to discuss it and it could go down to a vote, however they do it. It's, it's always going to go one way or the other because it's always going to be two to one, one way or another. True. You have to make a decision one one way or another. You can't say, oh, I don't know. And then, you know. Um, 
But let's say you have three at each race. Well, why don't we just have a pool of nine? And, and then you swap those mi- around. Yeah. Mix it around. And, you, and then you never get the same three. You don't get this three at this race, this three at this. You get a broad spectrum of that nine across every race for the season. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, there might be a driver who might have a bias to or rather for or against a specific driver. But necessarily but, doesn't necessarily mean the driver gets into a situation that has to be Yeah, like no, you know, if, if, if they're if you know they might be trying to argue something against a driver when it's very clearly for a driver, for example, and the other two would effectively overrule that in the best out of three vote True. or whatever. So um I mean I just look at other sports, like you have referees and yeah, you can't just have a specific referee or oh, set of referees. Definitely some there's this is one having certain referees as well, right? <laughs> well yeah, there probably is. I mean like when I really look at the list like this Sunday, this referees like, uh oh. Well I d I don't follow football. I've I <laughs> don't even follow the NBA as closely as I used to. But I know in the NBA there was I mean there was jokes. There was there was one point there was a stat about how a specific player never seemed to win a game when yeah, he was exactly. refereed yeah. by a specific referee. Until that now, stat came out, right? Yeah. Well, well, even when that stat came out and that run carried on for quite a few, but like, I don't think it was because that referee was picking on that particular player. That was just a funny meme in the yeah, end. Yeah, fair. But, um, but I just wanted to make that statement. Like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm biased, right? Definitely sure I'm a fan. This was a penalty. I think Max did think, thought it was a penalty. Red Bull was almost already looking forward to just rebuilding the car and starting a bit late, I guess, right? Like, yeah, oh, we probably should discuss this. Then it got like no penalty. Like, what? They yeah. even everyone was surprised. I think, and that wasn't an Alfatari mistake. It was a. It wasn't politics. It was purely one hundred percent a fault with the stewards. Period. It should it should be on the stewards? Yeah, because. Like you said, it shouldn't matter whether somebody turns up or not. Like all if they I drive to a red light and there's a, uh, there's a, it's it has taped on video, right? Yeah. It doesn't need the, the driver behind me to say I actually did that. Yeah, and it so. doesn't need the police to turn up and say <laughs> he went through that red light. It's there on camera. It's automated. <laughs> you get your fixed penalty notice. Exactly. I think so. Just want to put it out there. Bad decision. You should get a penalty. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't. But that's the bias, uh, I wanna, but it should be. I want to correct myself maybe a little bit because I think they do already have a pool of stewards. I think what the problem is is that they don't have maybe very strict or clear guidelines for the stewards. I think that's the problem because how can you look at this weekend and say, oh, no, that's not a penalty? And then three weeks ago or whenever it was, a very similar incident happened and they say, well, that's a penalty. Like, so it should always be one or the other. Here's a different thing. Even if that's a stadium group, how can you communicate to someone through a WhatsApp? Oh, yeah. He doesn't, he, he, uh, uh, we know that's not fallproof. And then afterwards, immediately it gets leaks out that the representative doesn't actually show up without asking why. Then a day later, we get like, hey, we got an app to someone who wasn't actually involved, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. we actually didn't even know. And that came from multiple teams saying stuff like that. Yeah. Why does it, like, there should be a statement from the stewards saying, okay, hey, we messed up communication. That's why they didn't show up. So this wasn't us. 
well, instead of out, making it seem like there was politics involved. In. They put out press releases. It should be in that as well. And <laughs> yeah. then there is no way that the teams don't know because they're looking at that stuff. And if they're not looking at it, somebody else is looking at it and telling them, yeah. you know. So it looks a bit silly, honestly. It I looks like the... amateur hour is what it looks like. It's like the, the Formula One circuit. It looks like but... some long stroll during qualifying. <laughs> wow. Looks like George Russell in the last lap of the race. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like Sergeant just like all the time. Ooh. Okay. He's Gosh. not turning on the show any time soon, I think so. Probably not, but <laughs> we lost just lost half of our US fan base. But <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe well, I US guess. and Canada. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah, well, okay. That was our last two countries. Uh, we can do this podcast in Dutch next next week. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I've got a lot. Like all, all, all I need to do in a week. <laughs> you'll be all right. You're right. Just give me the Just subtitles. say super super marks. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> James, any bold predictions for the next race, my friend? Japan early morning. Um, let me just ask your top three. Top three. Uh, Max, Carlos. Leclerc. No, it's actually the same top three as I had, so I'm not thinking I You could just say the same if you want. Nah, <laughs> that won't be fun. But I'm, I am going to go with Mox. Yep. Um, I will be saying Norris, B2. And I will be saying Lewis, B3. Because there's like going to be an incident with the Ferraris. Hmm. Maybe. Because now gonna get, get the, the team things now are getting tense, right? Mon, they had a fight at Monza. Uh, well, Saints being better. Leclerc showing here and that Saints being another race better where they actually had both opportunities again. Yeah. If Charles qualifies in front of Saints, it is going to be ending in a crash this weekend. Yeah, he's not going to let Carlos through if he, if he ends up in front of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Leclerc, this is a statement race for him, I think. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying it's gonna not not gonna end well, uh, and something's got to give. And in this case, I'm afraid science has got to give because they just resigned uh, Leclerc. So, yeah, but you can have Checo. We all take Saints, no worries. <laughs> so, James, I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna talk to you Sunday after the race, of course. Yeah, um, we'll be back. By the way, this was a. Uh, my schedule was a little bit of a mess. So that means this show was a little bit late on release. Next week on Wednesday, 6 p.m. UK time, this is the new show, the post-Japanese show, will, of course, be live. Just putting that. So apologies for the delay, but yeah, see you next week. See you next week, yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.